my internet doesn't have problems. Phil should be here in a second. Uh, no idea who else is joining us. Sent a link to the Facebook group, and we'll see who ends up dropping in. I think Thomas Urban is planning on jumping in. Um, Warwick's here. Let's see. Yep. There's Phyllis. He lives. Just barely. Nice wallpaper. Thank you. So, here we are. Yes. My skin is crawling. It is pretty. Or the first time I saw him, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. For those of you who are are wondering what's going on. I just found an infestation of some kind of bug in my bedroom. <clears throat> and uh, what's up, guys? Hey, TE, what's going on? Same get, old, same old. You get to hear about my bug infestation. First so, off, what are we smoking? Okay. Let's get that out of the way. Take it away. Yeah, yeah, let's get that out. Yeah. It's uh, Carolina Cigar Company Cabinet Select. I am unfamiliar with those guys. Yeah, I found them in a little shop in Asheville this weekend. Um, nice. We'll see how it is. I saw our Rocky Patel rep. Shout out to Medora of Rocky Patel. She came by. This is a Hamlet 2020. They've done three varieties of this line. I've not had this one yet. She said it's medium. It's Ecuador Habano. I like Habanos. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. I'm going to give it the old lighter roux. The old color try. Oh, yeah. Got a Tatiana ashtray from work, which is much smaller and fits better on the table. Nice. <clears throat> Nothing against this one, but it is kind of tall. And so when you have your cigar sort of hanging out on the end of that, if it gets bumped... It either goes in or falls off. This one, it ain't going. It ain't going nowhere because it's deep. Oh yeah, so. no cheap cigars, but that's a pretty oh. decent ashtray. But yes, your your infestation. Well, on a lighter note, bringing out the big guns tonight because it might infestation. I'm, I'm bringing it out with you there, buddy. Nice. I'm too weak to even get it open. I want the best here, as always. Oktoberfest is the best one they do. It, it is the best that one. That and Cold Snap. Yep. I think Cold Snap is probably my favorite, but that Oktoberfest is really good. I'm the Gurkha Ghost. Ooh. That was the first cigar, real cigar I ever had. Mm. Never had one. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> is it 
Edward? If I say anything, it'll uh, ruin it for you. Where's it my smells head? like like winter fresh. It's delicious. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it smells really, really good. But uh, because oh. of my infestation, I'm having a cigarette first. This one's for Dan. Get a strip of, of cedar here because if I'm trying something new. Oh, you're getting fancy. I gotta, as fuck. I gotta, I gotta do very a fancy. I gotta do a problem. Yep. So, so in my bedroom, I have two neo racks that are filled with knobtails. Actually, it's a lot. There's there's a couple snakes in there too, and on top of them is the vivarium electronics thermostats stacked on top of each other. And then next to those is a bunch of the pelicans that I keep most of my cigars in. So I grab the big, the big pelican and I put it on my bed and I make a video to put on the Facebook page of like, oh, what cigar should I choose for tonight? And after I make the video, I close the lid and I notice that the dust on top of the lid is moving. Uh-oh. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And I look at my hands and I have, for lack of a better word, mites everywhere. But they're not snake mites. They're not snake mites. They're not snake mites. It is there. They are like white, yeah. clear, translucent, and they're way smaller. They're like they're like maybe a third the size of a snake mite. But there's thousands of them everywhere all over the gecko rack, the thermostats, all the electrical cords, and of course all the pelicans with all the cigars in it. So my first thought is, oh my God, what the hell? I have to open every pelican and make sure they're not in there destroying the tobacco. Every single every single box, including my wooden humidors, which don't have a good seal, they were all perfectly fine. They were only on the outside of all these containers. So I was like, all right, I can't wipe down everything. I physically can't. So I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna vacuum them up. So I got my vacuum, and it, I, for like 30, 40 minutes, I'm sitting there vacuuming power cords, vacuuming sides of the container, sticking it in between the drawers of the snake racks. And I got up like at least 90% of them, and there's still some in there. I just, but like my skin is crawling. And like I can't spray uh. it because of all the electrical cords and all my geckos. So we'll see what it looks like tomorrow. And I put the box on my bed. So I'm freaking out right now. We also have to say that this show is now sponsored by, and thanks to Randy in the comments there, it's Puget Sound Pythons. It is Puget Sound. Well, nobody, I, you pulled a, you pulled a me, dude. No, I'm no. I'm sitting here saying papayan. <laughs> no, no. Papayan. Do it because I'm not going to correct you for Macklets, and I'm not going to correct Macklets you Macklets is animals. right. Macklets is not correct. It's not that a is, Macklets. It's a Macklets. How, how do you, how, Okay. <laughs> it's a Maclots python. And at the same time, they're not anals. They're anoles. I call them anoles. Okay. Anoles. I call them anoles. Anal, I'll take anal. A lot of people around here come anoles. Yeah, I hear that yeah, a lot too. It sounds like, a, like an Italian dessert. Or you, exactly. You can, you can call them as, uh, was it Alan who said it? Or maybe it was Steve who said Hogan's <laughs> chameleon? Yeah, people down here call them chameleons and stuff all the time. Yeah. Like they're actually they're closer related to iguanas than they are yeah. anything else. Yeah. Get out of here. So I am literally drinking straight rum. Santiago. And uh, I'm glad that I get to hang out with you chaps because my skin is literally crawling. Ugh. 
I had the same thing happen, and so Phil called me just before this this started. Which I, not, I didn't know that he had it. I was just having like a minor panic. <clears throat> well, I never made like a big deal of it because I finally I did some research online because um, I noticed mine on the outside of one of the random tomato tanks. Yep. Um, but it was on top of my incubator at the time. This is when I was living with my buddy across town, and uh, I remember looking over because I was looking for my temp gun, and I was like, "Why is there stuff all over?" It? And then I look closer, and I'm like, "Those are mites." Like, you can like, you can look at you can see them. They're literally it's it's a mite, and yeah. so I same thing. I started freaking out, and I was like googling stuff. So I was like, they, "It seems like they just came out of nowhere. Like it literally went from non-existent to like thousands of these things." Um, yep. So I did some googling, you know, dart frogs like mites, and apparently they're like like maybe what Randy said, a grain mite or a plant mite of some sort. Like they're completely benign. They're just they're a pain, and it's kind of gross, you know, like he said. Over time, like every night, I would just wipe down all the surface, like the tank and the, the incubator and whatever else they were on, uh, just with like F10 or something. And then the next night, yeah. wipe it again. It was literally like wiping dust off. Like it's, it's nuts. So you guys hit it on the head. On top of those Vivarium electronic units were three old hornworm cultures infested with billions of these mites. So mine came I, in from plants from those because yeah. you know, it was a tank I had just put together. So that's the only place they could have come from. Well, I didn't know, by the way, hello to everyone who said hello, everybody. I'm just noticing, sorry, I'm, I'm still a little messed up. Um, I didn't know that Justin had this infestation. I was calling him because I was having a minor panic attack going, Oh my God, Oh my God, all my geckos are going to die. So, uh, Sigh of relief, and now I have rum and friends. So, hello to everyone. Welcome to Monday night. Hell of a Monday night, right? <laughs> Fucking Mondays, man! I swear. Yeah, I. Uh, Randy said just use mite spray, which I I did. Um, now that I think about it, it wasn't F10 that I was spraying; it was frontline, and I just coated surfaces. But it's weird. Like they were, they weren't anywhere else in the room. They were literally all just concentrated on that tank and the incubator. Yeah. Like they weren't spreading anywhere. It was, it was weird. And so it took a few, it took a couple weeks for them to be like completely gone. And yeah. then it's kind of funny. You mentioned those cause like two weeks ago I was getting um, my temp gun again, I guess it's cursed or something. And so I looked down and I noticed on that and like my jeweler's loop that I'll use, I used it for checking the sex of geckos and stuff, but I use it now for checking sheds just to look younger snakes, just to try and see if I can see anything. Um, <clears throat> and I noticed I had, the, it was a bunch of those crawling on my temp gun in that, that jeweler's loop. So I was like, well, what the hell? But those never got like that round never got out of control. I just wiped my stuff down, separated it. So it wasn't on any cages or anything. And so, yeah, I'm out of front line. Gotta get yeah, to this. Yeah. It's just a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm gonna go get that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting it tomorrow. Yeah. You guys and have it locally to you? I have to order it on Amazon. No, I got a couple, excuse me, a couple places I can get it locally, but. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I do too. Horrible. The pet, super, the, the pet supermarkets around me have, have them. I don't know about you. PetSmart yeah. doesn't carry them. Petco does, I think, but the nearest Petco to me is like a 45 minute drive. So I just yeah. order it off yeah. and just bite the bullet. I've got Pet Supermarket, I got Petco, I got Petland, I got all kinds of crap by me. 
But uh, here's the worst yeah. part. Guess what I'm doing Wednesday? What? Leaving to go to your wedding. So <laughs> as much as I'm excited and stoked to do my micro adventure, I need to nip this in the bud in the next 24 hours. I really, I wouldn't worry about it too much, dude. They're, they're, okay. They're just, they're just annoying. Like I, I never had like the frogs would eat them. Um, I never had them get in it. Like snakes and stuff are fine. They're just, they're, they just, they happen with cultures, you know. All right. I wonder if there's some sort of like I wonder if you got if you had like no pest strips if you could put like just one of those in a container just in that like little corner. But I don't I know. Do, like, I do still have that seven dust. Because I know like Riley was talking about just how hardcore that stuff is. It makes me nervous to use it. So Yeah, Randy, thanks. I, I do feel like they're on my skin because I had them on my skin. I literally put the phone to my ear to call Justin to, and I'm like freaking out like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then I look at the phone and they're on the phone, which means they're in my beard, which means they're in my soul. And now, yeah, thanks, Randy. Thanks. He calls me up. He's like, bro, I just, I went to go check my cigars and my cases and I thought there was dust all over it. And it's these little bugs. I was like, bro, right. like before you even mentioned it, like when you said it's dust, but it's bugs, I was like, it's fine. It's just. Yeah. Trebek asked, just curious if you guys heard about the mink farm that had the minks that contracted COVID from a worker. It raises the questions if rats and mice might do the same thing. Thoughts? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like mine are. Uh, I I've read no studies that say that that's the case. I know cats can contract it and, and spread it, per perhaps. Oh, but no I'm shit. Not sure. Stand by. I'm not sure about. What's up? Austin Ward. How are you doing, gentlemen? What's up, hey, what's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, had some free time thawing out some rodents. I figured I'd drop in for a little bit, see how I, what y'all are up to. The other Brettles, Brettles master. <laughs> I don't know about math, here, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah, Vic, wow. I'll be glad when, when this is over. It's just, this is sort of the, the last of the big, like, life events for now. And, you know, like, buying a house and changing cars and getting married all in the same, like, years. Just, and on top of everything else that's been going on. Yeah. Aw, Smitty's all grown up. <laughs> Which I have to say, I mean, COVID and everything, like, we really, we've been lucky. Like, we haven't been out of work. We haven't really had any problems from it. So, everyone talks about how much 2020 sucks. And I'm kind of like, yeah, it sucks, but it's not like, that bad. For some people, it's horrible. I don't know. Yeah. It's perspective. Well, on a different note, this ghost is not horrible. At all. Give it time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I like man. I just, I, cigar, hard I, to light. I, I liked like it like What's three that? years ago. Serious? My back. That's uh, Gurkha. 
Beautiful. Oh, there you go. There you go. The last one in my humidor. I gotta, <clears throat> I gotta make a trip to the stove. All right. So, how do you feel about the ghost? I haven't had it. I'm question. very new to this. I've just, I've just started, uh, kind of figuring out what I like. We recently inspired him as we yep. have a handful in the group to partake of a new vice, which I feel somewhat guilty about. But at the same time, it's a great vice to have. It is a great vice to have. Dude, what headset are you using? I gotta give him one of those. Me? Yeah. You sound like it's super a uh, it's a Sennheiser. Uh, now we're good. Yeah. The headphones and a and a mod mic. It's two separate yeah. things. So I, I fucks with the Sennies. Yep. I'm kind of getting into back into the hi-fi stuff, so my wallet's gonna not gonna be as full anymore. <laughs> Me <laughs> Yep. Brennan wanted to ask Austin. What? Not you, Mike. Sorry. Any tips for getting a baby brother while eating? About to pull my hair out on month six. Ooh, um, I don't know if I've had one hold out that long. They're typically uh, not the hardest to get feeding. Um, uh, I would say try ASFs uh, live um, if you can get your hands on them. I mean, it, pretty much my trick has always been live. Yeah. I mean, short of that, just kind of go the chondro route as far as like like chicken down, quail down, stuff like that. Go to birds. I. I don't ever have a problem getting shit feeding because I just offer it whatever it'll take. I, I've got a freezer full of all kinds of shit. So I, I just, I'm not scared to try different things, you know, uh, offer live first. If you've already done that, maybe try some, some poultry. That's what we were talking about that in our little Instagram chat earlier, me and Phil and the, and the gang. I noticed like with my Boiga, my Cyania, especially my male, anytime I like maybe Three out of ten times that I offer him frozen thaw, depending on the time of year, he'll take it. Mm -hmm. But the moment, if I put a little cup with like three or four fuzzies in it, gone. Yeah. So live makes a surprising difference. I don't know exactly what it is. It's like a scent thing or what. But. I would say if you're worried about like it getting stuck on live, don't worry about that with bread lie. Uh, from what I found, even with the ones that are the hardest to get feeding, uh, once they take that first one or two meals, they're cranking and roll. they'll eat your finger, man. Like they're just, they want to eat. They're hungry, hungry. I'd rather take a longer Thanks. period of time of trying to get one off of live than trying to get yeah. one to eat at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think we're like in the hobby in general, people are just too stuck of like, it needs to eat this. And I do not follow that rule at all, man. Like <laughs> at all. <clears throat> I fed a oh. ball python to one of my uh, juvenile Apodora a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Phil, if you have like a cooler with you, I may have some frozen stuff you can take back to Hen Dog for a mango. You make it happen. You get some dry ice or something. I got like a freezer full of condors because I've killed plenty of them. Oh, all right, shit. He's going to be eating good. He's going to be eating fancy. Yeah, I've got a couple breeder ball pythons that have just been hanging out, and I was like, well, screw it. I can breed them uh, regularly. I might as well, like, I've got empty rack space, breed them, and use it as a varied diet for my Apodora, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Why not? I mean, it's definitely not going to be a staple, but every once in a while. The um, Speaking of chondros, just to reinforce how dumb these things are, 
So I have that mail from Phelan in my closet still. I walked in there to check on him, and me turning on the light and moving, he grabbed the puppy pad and wrapped it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a Doomroll's gravel water newspaper before. Couldn't get it out. It was full-on food response. I mean, I did get it out eventually. It finally snapped out of it, but it took a bit. Yep. I had my Tirahuma boa do the same thing. Thing is just like I, I didn't not even do anything. Smart. I just like I didn't even see him grab it or nothing. I just turned on the light and I looked and he's wrapped around the paper puppy pad. I'm like, Are you, like really? And I actually had that happen with my condo from Brahms. Um, last week I was feeding it and I, I placed an RBI order and got some of those rodent tubs for the mice, the grow out bins. I was telling you yeah. about Phil. And uh, just to get free shipping, I had to add like $5 to the order. So I ordered some of those rubber tip forceps. And of course, I went to go feed those condors last week, and that one completely bypassed the mouse and just grabbed the rubber end of those forceps. And I mean, held it on. Like, I tried pulling them a little bit. I could tell they weren't going anywhere. And so, because I, I didn't want to mess up his teeth or anything like that and cause bigger problems, I just kind of let him have it. I guess and that after, would be kind of like the, the downfall of those rubber tip ones that gives them something to actually yeah. sink his teeth into yeah. and hold on to, you know? I mean, he was on. Like, he wasn't giving them things back to nothing. They're stupid. They're, they're awesome snakes, but mother of God, yeah. they don't. I'm enjoying this, man. This is good. I Which like one it. is it again? The Gurkha Beauty. Oh, yeah. Beauty's a classic. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Beauty's a classic. The Gurkha that, that I got from you, Justin, the 11-year, uh, uh, the black label, you know what I'm talking about? Black that label. was good. Dude, that's that the best really cigar they good. make, man. Yeah. That's a box purchase for me. Uh, yes. I'd... I've been kind of wait sleeping on this one. A, a customer of mine gave me like a humidor and a whole bunch of cigars. And the thing is so big, I was a little intimidated, you know. And uh, uh, I'm, it's quite smooth and like not harsh at all. It's, it's nice. I have a 21-year a, a, a cast blend Gurkha that I'm mm -hmm. bringing to Justin's wedding. Um that is probably i've never had one but i had the 18 last week and i was not impressed in the least capacity really yeah but like i'm a cast blend guy like i love Gurkha cast blend and that's one of, really one of the only connecticut's i really enjoy that and um uh now i can't remember with the with the tree with the tree foundation foundation thank you so yep. um Foundation Connecticut's, I, I enjoy that, but I'm not a big Connecticut guy, but that one Gurkha cast blend, that shit's awesome. Yes. Mm. While we're on cigars, I recently got into the, uh, let me grab it here one second, the Pravada Cigar Club. Oh, you do Pravada. Nice. Yep. So They're just like I, a monthly cigar club they send you. Yeah. I'm, you yeah. guys got to talk to me like I don't know shit. So. Oh, yeah, so good. You got it. You got it. It's a, it's like a monthly thing. It's like a uh, one of those man boxes, you know. Yes. Okay. I was looking at that to actually tonight. Like instead of having to go pick them out, I would like to just have someone send me shit so I can just try it because what I, I would always do end is, up picking is out. I'll get Justin shit. to do that for you. Just just tell Justin. Yeah. What <laughs> I thought about hitting him up, but then I was like, I don't want to bug him. The dude's got so many plates spinning on the end of freaking sticks all the time. I don't want to bug him. Yeah, but you gotta. 
Yeah. I was like, I was, I was going to be like, Hey, I'll send you a couple hundred bucks. You just put a box together and ship them to me. Yeah. That's what I did uh, for Daytona and every single cigar he he picks was excellent. Yeah. Right on. I don't know that I've ever met either of y'all. It's nice to meet you. So nice to meet you, you man. I'm Phil. This, yeah, this is. <laughs> so yeah, the um Justin's funny because it, he'll be back on in a minute. His internet probably took a shit. Yeah. Um, actually, he just texted me. It says, "And so it begins with a bunch of cursing emojis." <laughs> so, uh, Justin, obviously, as a tobaccoist, he is asked every single day of his life, "What do you like? What's a good cigar?" Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Is horrible because it's like asking what kind of shoes should I buy or what kind yeah. of coffee should I buy? Yeah, what it has to do with your your palate, I guess. Right? What kind of food should I eat? Right? What kind of beer will I like? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what's funny is is that for guys like me and Thomas, Justin has never failed me in yep. a choice. Ever. Nope. Ever. Every single cigar I got from you, Justin, excellent. You want to know what my trick is? What? If I think it's good and worth the money, then I think you'll think it's good and worth the money. If I think yeah, it's garbage and not worth it, I'm not going to recommend it. Yeah. Just, I was just telling these guys that uh, I need to send you a couple hundred bucks and have you get me a box together. You can do it. We do mix and match any 20 or more. You get 20% off, man. Shipping's like an extra like eight bucks. It's the way to do it, man. It's the way to do it. My internet's going to go in and out, I'm sure. So if I, if I disappear again, it's... It's because Century Link sucks. Big old balls, but I'll be back. (laughs) Since we're having a Gurkha kind of night, so this, I am not put off by this ghost in the least capacity. It is a a bold cigar that is not overbearing, and it is producing a lot of smoke, which I enjoy. It's a good, rich blue smoke. It's that wrapper. What's that? It's that wrapper. Yeah. But like Thomas said, I feel like I'm smoking pipe tobacco because the fucking thing just keeps going out. Mine's, mine's held pretty good. This one's held yeah. pretty good so far. All right, so now that I'm now that I'm like past the first third, what were you guys gonna really say? About what? Yeah. About the ghost. I haven't I had one in a very long time. Yeah, me too. Okay. It's been like four years, three, four years. Okay. I've had the Gurkha Ghost Gold. That's probably one of the more recent ones that isn't one of those black label uh, yeah. anniversaries. Cool. And yeah. that one is supposed to be a uh, Mexican San Andreas wrapper, like a Neanderthal. Mm-hmm. But they, I have a very hard time believing that because it looks completely different. Um, okay. Just, I, I don't know. I just, to me, like, Gurkha is just a mile wide and inch deep brand. Like their portfolio yeah. is absolutely gigantic. Very few of their stuff is like consistent in terms of construction and burning and stuff like that. They've got a ton of brands that you can only get online that you can't find anywhere else. And like I have people coming into work all the time asking for uh, like war pigs or whatever they're called, like spec ops, all the like ones they do for like CI and all those other companies and stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, they're popular. Like, they're like people mass, asking for they're pretty mass time. market, right? They're, I mean, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. But well, prior to that eighteen-year-aged one, 
<laughs> yeah, it does. Prior to that 18 year age group, I really hadn't had a bad gurkha. Well, when you're when you're up here, you need to smoke one of those black labels. I don't know if I gave you one or not, but mm. like that's like the Toro is like fifteen bucks, but I think it's worth every penny. Which would, right. I mean, if I think it's worth fifteen dollars, because like my sort of my threshold for for cigars, like when you get into that fifteen dollar range, is like would I rather smoke this or a Liga? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the bar. And if it's good enough for me to want to go over, like choose that over the Liga stuff. I think that's a pretty good song. So. That may well, that's, that's like yeah, Dan had one. Yeah. It's a Dan song. There you go. All right, so I'll, I'll grab one when I get up there. But we have the Robustos. The Robustos are only like eleven fifty or eleven ninety five. They're a little more okay. reasonable. But, yeah. Damn uh, phone. Y'all drinking anything tonight? Oktoberfest. Santiago de Cuba. I'm drinking some uh, monkey shoulder blended <laughs> scotch. I got a That's bottle of that in my favorite. freezer. Yeah. Oh, I just love that shit. That's a good blended scotch. Mm-hmm. And Cox is currently hooked on the Liga L40s, which is the Lance Arrow. Yeah. I'm typically a, more of a bourbon dude. but What's your go-to bourbon? W.L. Weller Special Reserve. I haven't had that. It's amazing. If you like yeah. bourbon, you'll like it. It's hard. It's you're a what now? A Woodford guy. I like Woodford. Woodford's They're, good. I've like never Woodford. been disappointed with Woodford. Yeah, that, that Woodford Reserve Double Oaked is the best. I'm. Uh, I'll, if you try the WL Weller and you tell me you don't like it, I'll say that you uh, you don't like bourbon. <laughs> That's how good it is. <laughs> we'll hunt down. We'll hunt down a bottle of that this weekend. Where are you located? There's, me? Yeah. I'm uh, uh, North Texas, just north okay. of Dallas. Okay. Oh, Did you yeah. guys ever get Pappy out there or no? Uh, no. No. Dude, I tell you, that's the Pappy 18 is the best bourbon I've ever had in my entire life. And I only had it in Louisville, and I paid $36 a glass, and I had three of them because I had <laughs> And it was worth it. It was worth every penny. A good bourbon's worth a lot. Of, I, I'll pick bourbon over Irish whiskey, scotch, any of that shit. Give me some good bourbon, man. Because you're American. Yeah, America. Fuck America. yeah. I don't know. I've, I've come to be more of a scotch guy. Yeah? I I liked scotch a lot for a long time. And then uh, my neighbor and I killed a whole bottle of it over in the course of like three hours. And I had a hangover that uh, I would say yeah. is right there on the on the level of worst hangovers I've ever had in my life. And ever, it took me a while to get be able to drink it again. But Mike, I'm starting to do it again. <laughs> No, uh, speaking of scotch, have you guys had the Talisker Storm? Nope. Talisker Storm, that is a fucking hell of a scotch. Man, I'm cursing a lot tonight. My apologies, gentlemen. Um, I'm a sailor. You don't bother me. Basil cool. Hayden. Basil Hayden. You got some of that at the shop right now. Nice. But no, you guys, if you like scotch, you've got to try that Talisker Storm. That uh, It's not too pricey, and it's incredibly good. Incredibly well, see, the problem with me is, like, I, I when couple Christmases back, I bought a bottle of Ardbeg, which is that really peaty, like, Islay, yeah. really peaty smoke. Like, I don't like super smoke. peaty shit. Can't yeah, do it. and now, like, yeah, even if I, I smell <laughs> anything that smells like it, like, like Kentucky Park <laughs> I just, it makes, I mean, I didn't get, like, get hungover or anything. I just drank so much that now when I smell it, I'm like, ah, I don't really yeah. want to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like that's the move. 
I feel like the peatiness in Scotch is more so now than it ever has been. I feel like it's almost like a, I don't want to say it's like a hipster thing, but I feel I like. I mind a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm okay like with I, the touch. I feel like the 75-year-old Scotsman is not drinking a peaty Scotch. But no, five-year-old yeah. yeah. is definitely drinking an overly peaty scotch. He's drinking the, the wild Irish rose of uh, scotches. Is what that, that <laughs> right? But like Dan said, he's a bourbon guy because it's a little sweeter. And that's the reason I like scotch a little more is because it's not as sweet. It's a little, I guess, drier is kind of a it's yeah. dry, definitely drier. Yeah. yeah I, and, I just, and that's what got me into being able to drink whiskey, period, again, was like switching over to bourbon because – my early twenties, I I used to drink a lot of whiskey and got like same deal. Just drank too much and you get you get burnt out on that shit sometimes. And, I mean, you yeah. are similar. Yeah, you're worth. <laughs> yep. You, you didn't boys could drink. But yeah, the um going back to Pappy I, and someone who's a bourbon connoisseur is going to yell at me because I'm probably going to butcher this. But when I was in Louisville, you know, we went to this one. Uh, uh, there was a bar attached to the hotel. And you mix it with coke. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Ew. And, uh, they, they had it. Uh, they had a full, full, you know, Kentucky style bourbon menu, and they had the patent fifteen, eighteen, and twenty two. And uh, I asked the uh, the bartender. I said, "Hey, man, I'm I like bourbon. I said I want to do a pappy. What do you recommend? You know, I want my first pappy experience to be monumental." I said, "Should I just go for the gusto and get twenty two? And he's like, "No, no, no, I don't do that." He says, "The secret is the eighteen. Nobody buys the 18 because they think, oh, the 22 must be better, or the 15, that's for peons. So <laughs> he's like, listen, the way they do the 18 is they start an 18 in a 15-year task. So they do, a, they do a 15, they dump it, they keep the barrel good, and then they start an 18 in that 15-year-old barrel. And my, by God, that was the best bourbon I've ever had in my entire life. I feel like you probably wouldn't even be able to really tell unless you were like a legitimate like, like you had the power for it. Yeah, a yeah. Sauvignon of whatever whatever you call a Sauvignon of whiskey, something yeah. like that. I do like like some good red wine too, though. I'm not gonna lie, I like some good red wine. <clears throat> I've been drinking a lot of gin recently. Just ooh, I love uh, gin too. With, with ooh, a cigar, ooh, I think it's the best with a cigar. Dude, get some of that. Uh, uh, Tanqueray 10, that imported Tanqueray, that's yeah. delicious. That Tanqueray 10 is good. Phil yeah. is a gin guy, man. Yep. Yes, sir. I, I, am, I drink it in the summertime. I switch to brown liquor in the in the winter. There's reasons. Or fall. There's reasons. Have, have you had the Monkey 47? No. You got to do it. Mm. You got to just spend the money and just do it. No mixer. You just send me a list of what stuff I need to try. Now, just I'll, I'll just try. That's it. The just only thing I drink the gin with is uh, uh, just like some Topo Chico, just yeah. a little bit of soda, like club soda. That's it. I don't put any lime or any of that shit. I like the taste of gin, you know, yep. but straight's a little little rough for me personally. Yeah, I love them pine needles. Drinking <laughs> <laughs> them trees. Drinking them trees. So, uh, man, my go-to with gin is is a Tangray and ginger beer. That is. That's, That's my good, yeah. Tangerine ginger beer. I'm a Hendrix man. I love me some Hendrix. And, Hendrix is good. But nothing beats the monkey, man. Monkey 47. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like like just regular old Tanqueray, but Tanqueray 10, that's probably my go-to just because it's everywhere. 
and it's a good quality gin that you can find everywhere. Yeah. That shit I drink up at the lake house and like during the so when it's hot in the summertime and shit. Mm-hmm. Cox has a point. What's his point? Oh, gin and juice? No, thank you. <laughs> no. No, thank you. One time I was desperate and I poured uh, a glass of Tanqueray thinking I had ginger beer at home and I didn't. So I had some uh, fruit punch, zero calorie, you know, water bottle squirty stuff. And uh, don't ever do that. Yeah, that sounds awful, man. Yeah, that that awful. doesn't sound good at all. Yeah, it was bad. I drank it because I had to, but yeah. I never really understood the gin and juice thing just because like it's so piney tasting you wouldn't think that fruit and pine would go together very well. i mean maybe cranberry or something but yeah maybe some little bite you're like drinking mop water like some pine saw or something yeah fabuloso <laughs> fabuloso <laughs> i love the smell of that shit that smells it's so good. good oh god and you just you know when you walk in the room it's just like hmm somebody yeah. somebody swallowed it's real clean in here right i know that <laughs> like little smell <laughs> Mm. So, um, it's Austin, right? Yeah. So, yep. the first time on the show, why don't you tell some people, you know, what you do and what you keep and whatever, whatever you want to tell people. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, keep, as far as Morelia, I keep, uh, I've got a lot of bread lie. I keep a lot of bread lie. It's probably like my main, that's definitely my main uh, thing that I work with. Uh I've got a pair of Brisbane Coastals that have been the bane of my existence since 2014. Actually, 16. No, 17 was the first year I tried to breed them, and since then they've been the bane of my existence. My apologies. And then uh, uh, got some inland uh, carpets. Nice. Be coming up for breeding for the first time this year. I should have been able to breed them last year, but I wasn't feeding them. Uh, I had other other projects that I was focusing on, and I could have paired them for the first time last year. And then I kind of, the end of the season snuck up on me and they weren't conditioned enough to do it. So I didn't pair them. And then, uh, it's all right, man. Cook them slow. Cook them slow. Yeah, yeah. I'm a slow cooking dude. Slow man. I'm not slow. in a rush to do anything. It's probably the only thing I have patience for in my life because I don't have patience for anything else. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've got a 2.2 Apodora that I'm working with trying to get the, uh, yeah. keep them, uh, you know, you figure out what the hell with them and get them breeding at some point. Not in any rush with those either. My adult pair are probably like sick. They're wild caught. So I'm just kind of guesstimating with what they look like versus some of the younger ones I've got in. Um, they're probably around six or seven. And I think the earliest anybody's got them to breed in captivity is like nine or 10 years old. So um, they're kind of just, they're here and I'm growing them up and kind of learning the species, you know? So oh, yeah. I got some, I've got That's a group of ATBs and, yeah, some corn snakes and other uh, doom rolls boas. I yeah. love doom rolls boas. <laughs> Me too. You got a good awesome. collection, bro. Thank you. You got a good, you got a good mix of everything. A lot of good stuff. <clears throat> he doesn't have bears or subox though, and he's in <laughs> Texas. Not. He's in Texas. You're in Texas. I do have I do have a bull snake though that that is from here. Yeah. Excellent. At least you got something, right? I, I guess that, that counts. <laughs> I feel like that's it's, it's a loan. It's a one. It's just a one-off. It's just it's more of a pet. But I feel like that should be a rule. If you're a serious herper, you don't have to be a breeder. You don't have to be a collector. But if you're really into herps, you if as long as it's legal, you should have a native species to your area. I think you should. Yep. 
it gets put down in brumation just like my corns in the box in the garage no heat no nothing change the water bowl out every once a week and they get as cold as my garage gets must be nice oh it's it's a beautiful thing people like i've had people that live around here i guess patrick just had hatched some bread lie which is good for him but uh that have had serious trouble um breeding bread lie down here and i'm like you just gotta you gotta subject them to that change you gotta put them in the freezer you don't even have to do that just don't leave it keep, you gotta pull them out of your snake room you can't it, it's not gonna work you gotta pull them out of your snake room i mean i guess you could get lucky one or once but probably gonna be a small clutch size and blah 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 but yeah. I keep going I mean, back and forth on mine, man. Like I love my normal pair, but at the same time, like that's space I could be using for so many other things. I mean, if you love them, keep what you love, man. Yeah, I do love them, but I also love the other stuff that needs more space. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Brad? Welcome to the show. Brendan wanted to know what's the what's what's the update on the Brisbans. Uh, uh they're. I mean, they're healthy. Everything's good after that shit that happened last last uh or two years ago she slugged out this last season and uh i'm just gonna i so i tried cooling them down the first time i paired them got a slug clutch and then uh the next time i paired them i didn't cool them down i just kind of let them do the thing because i was like well maybe let's try something different didn't get any clutch and then did that same thing again this last season uh got a clutch of slugs so this year I'm just gonna treat them like I treat my bread lie, and just I'm gonna I'm gonna gently abuse them. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, if, if they're legit Brisbane, like it gets awfully chilly in that neck of the woods. Oh yeah, yeah. It does. yeah. So I imagine that's why I tried it the first time. Yeah, because it's it's not like you live in Milwaukee. You know what I mean? I no, mean, no. We're could, lucky to get down in the 30s in the winter time. So then that's probably champion. You know. It's a perfect. It's, I think it's very similar. Yeah, if it's in the garage, it's still protected from the elements. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to get like wind chill and stuff like that per se. Well, and I run a very, very small like ceramic, uh, like oscillating uh, here in there just to kind of yeah. just to kind of break the chill a little bit. Cool. The coldest it gets in the garage, uh, the coldest I've recorded because I've got some uh, just thermometers kind of in different places is forty three degrees. And that's the coldest. And I was like one night and, yeah. and it was, I think it was, it was, uh, it was below freezing that night outside. So it stays in a decent, and then I allow everything to, I release all the, the boats to come up during the day. They have at least between six and eight hours of basking temperature during the day. So that's important to note whenever I'm talking about this, I guess <laughs> people don't understand that. I don't want people to think that, Oh, he's just keeping his pythons at 40 degrees. Yeah. You got to give them that. That yeah. bump, and you said you keep, the, uh, you keep Amazons at the same thing. No, no, no. no I've got a snake room, and I pull, I pull the bread lie and the Brisbane's out, and they go into what I've babbed up these like I don't even know what size of tubs they are. They've got I've run perches in them, just like wooden dowels that I've screwed in through the sides. Mm -hmm. They're probably like two foot tall by three foot long by two foot wide, and uh, I cut a mesh hole in the top. And I uh, epoxy mesh onto the top of the the uh, lid, and I use I run heat lamps. There went during brumation. Everything else in my in the collections got uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, radiant heat panels. But during brumation, I run 
just straight up heat lamps. That's it. So, do you run separate enclosures low. for beamation and then your main yeah. setups? Yeah, okay. absence makes the heart grow fonder, in my opinion. So yeah. I don't. I try not to winter them together if I can get away with it. If I've got the space, I've done I'm it talk, before I'm that talking way. Sep but. Separate enclosures and separate enclosures from their from their main. Uh, yeah, two two room. two completely different ones. Yeah. Okay. So the yeah. ones in the snake room get they get moved out, and I built these like brumation enclosures that are like the, made out of those tubs. They okay. each have their own individual one, and I've got brumation station. Made, yeah, brumation yep. station. I like that. And, I've got to uh, actually need to add a couple of those this this season. My stuff's winded down. I shut everything down as far as food and during Halloween. So I'm kind of need to get on, on my game, clean the garage up a little bit, and get it ready for brumation. So cool, man. Very cool. That's the nice right thing. On. <clears throat> them ponderos in the in the fall and winter. Yeah, I think my mail got the job done because mine haven't been locking up. Last like two days or so, they've definitely slowed down some. Yeah, yeah. And uh, good morning, Scott. He's uh, watching and commenting from the future, which is always interesting. From the land of everything that will kill you, including the freaking mammals. From the land down on that. They have a venomous duck otter. They do. <laughs> Dude, those are the cutest things in the world. They oh, are. Platypie. Platypie. The babies are so cute. Surprisingly Super cute. cute. Yes. Super cute. Now Cox wants to know if Austin slows down his feedings on Avadora in the winter. I do. Since they're an equatorial species. Yeah, I do. Uh, they'll probably, uh, honestly, I, they they probably get like a, yeah, I would say I slow it down. I don't stop, but I definitely slow it down. There's some seasonality to it for sure. I'm still kind of working out a routine with them, to be honest with you. Like I've been keeping them since I think, yeah, I got my first one in 17, but I, it's just, I don't know. There's not a lot of <laughs> shit out there about them. And so you kind of just have to keep them and figure it out as you're going, you know? So that's, I've noticed that in the springtime, whenever I'm like spraying them down, my male cruises, blow sperm plugs all over the place. So I think there is the whole uh, wet and dry season thing is going to be playing a factor in their breeding. Um, but right now I'm just keeping them and watching them because they're not old enough to even put together. I don't want to risk it. I'm not trying to it would, it would break my heart if something happened, man. That's yeah. My, that's my, my favorite species I keep, to be honest. Dude, everyone I've talked to that has them like, is just absolutely smitten with them. Yeah, they're just interesting. And there's not, they're not super flashy. Like they've got that iridescence and they're pretty mm -hmm. when they're in the sun and stuff. But like in all reality, like it's just kind of like a green and taupe looking snake, you know, like. They look like they're made of clay. Like, I think it's yep. cool. Yeah. That's exactly. really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. But that like their looks is what people like draws people to them. But their intelligence is like, that's what it is, man. It's the interaction watching them. It's, they're cool. Scott says he's looking at introducing his perennies. So oh, yeah. Scary. <laughs> That's a whole other thing, dude. That is. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That's why Alan Stevens, who we had on THP two weeks ago, he's sending pictures of little baby Ackies. He's like, Justin, this one's yours. I'm like, <laughs> stop. That's always been something that I've kind of like went back and forth. But I just never – like I could do – I think I could do a couple geckos. Like my daughter's got a gecko, and I wouldn't mind getting like a gecko species. But as far as like legged creatures, man, it's just – It's, it's a whole other level yeah. of care, dude. Yeah. And I don't have time for it. I really – I work too much. 
Yeah. I just don't want to keep kids. insects around. That too. <laughs> Ugh, I mean, like, like <laughs> yeah. crickets and dubia every now and then are fine. Like mice, I'm good on mice because I breed my own now. And like, I'm not worried about that. But it's just feeding them regularly, which I mean, I already feed the dart frogs regularly, but feeding that regularly and making sure I'm keeping up with yeah. it and making sure the UV lights and stuff are still like, it's just, like, I really well, want just, to but at the same time. It's like, I don't know if I want to commit the space and time. Like if you I ever really mess a lizard up with yeah. like if you if you miss a, a couple feedings or something like that, your snake's gonna be all right, right. you know. Like, and that's that, that's like the thing that I struggle with. I'm like, oh, I'll feed tonight, and then I get home from work, and I'm like, I'll feed tomorrow night. Yeah. Not that deal, you know, <laughs> I've so. done that so many times. <laughs> Two weeks later, I'm like, yeah, I think I'll do it today. Yeah, today's a day. <laughs> Which I think that's kind of nice because when you cool everything down sort of at the same time, like I'm getting to the point now where the last meals are going to be going into the rat snakes and the corns and stuff. That gives me I'm time to that like, tonight. that gives me time to bulk up on my mice and grow, like get mm -hmm. my grow outs and get a nice, like get loaded up sort of for the spring, get that freezer so, full. I'm, I'm, I've been keeping, um, I've had a pretty large ASF colony for, for like six, seven years now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, it's so it's so nice, dude, to like just be able to go into you go in and be like, oh, I've got a picky feeder. I'm gonna just what size? No, that's too small. Oh, that that works right there. You know, it's just it makes the work of it like that. I don't know, man. It's definitely worth I it. I actually much. really enjoy it. Like yeah, oddly enough, true. there's like something just so satisfying about having your own feeders and like you feed them whatever you want. Like you know, I'm talking to control. Exactly. And like, you know, we had that article in the last issue of the magazine where Kyle Vargas, um, Bob King on, on Instagram, um, you know, he talked about the, the stuff he feeds his feeders and like, it really has me interested in like anytime because they're at my parents' house in like a shed outside in a barn sort of deal. Uh -huh. And, uh, they're like five minutes from my house, but like anytime my mom has like old vegetables and stuff that she's about to throw out, I'm like, you know, I pick through them and I'll, you yep. know, but all mad. I, I've been really big on, uh, I found these little, like hay bales or miniature hay bales that are probably about the size of a baseball and they've got like like 10 different grasses in them that's cool and i'll feed them those and um if you How go to Lowe's, i found them at walmart they were like six bucks but i looked at them on amazon and for a little thing that same size it's like twenty dollars so i don't know if it's something walmart had and was getting rid of or hmm. what but <clears throat> i have to check that out man no i'll if i find that's like I'll, I'll send you a picture of the link to it um but like those, and then I went to Lowe's, and they have those big suet bricks, but it's uh, sunflower seeds and mealworms, like dried mealworms and gelatin, yeah. just all put together. Yeah. And so I took that, because it's probably about two inches thick. It's pretty. It's a pretty big brick. It's probably it's like two inches thick, and then it's probably a, like a six by six, maybe a little larger. And I cut that in half, and then I cut it into little squares. Like a, It's literally like a Rice Krispie treat. I call it a Mice Krispie <laughs> treat. And so, like, <laughs> I cut it up, and I just fill a gallon bag with these little cubes of it. And, I mean, I, I put it in each one of those bins, and it was gone. Like, they absolutely demolished it. I so fed one of those, live mealworms one yeah, time, and they yeah. loved the hell out of that, too. Yeah, one of those bricks is, like, 10 bucks, but it lasted me about a week. So, I don't know. I'm still kind of playing around. Like, Publix near me, which is a grocery store, um, they have, like, a big bag of, like, macaw food, which had, like, a bunch of different sort of like seeds in it it had uh some peanuts it had like dried chilies so i thought about getting a bag of that just to kind of experiment <clears throat> you know, that's kind of the nice thing he's like you can sort of play around with it see what they like see what they don't 
Did you hear? Did you say dried chilies? Yeah. I've had. Um, I don't know if it's the same with like European mice, but I've had a negative experience with peppers. Um, like making females like kind of. It sounds crazy, but like aggressive. It like, like yeah. they would attack the males. And I don't know if it's because like they're in pain or whatever, but. Just uh, throwing it out yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> well, I figured, like, if I put that in there, that would probably be the one thing they probably wouldn't touch. So They may not. There's, there's not a lot of them in the bag, so I figured, too, if I'm going through it and I notice they're not eating it, just chuck it yeah. and all yeah. the other stuff they can have. But, they like, can that, be picky like, sometimes. Day, yeah. You, like, throw shit in there, and you're like, they're going to love this. And you go back the next day, and it's like an old rotten thing of, like, like covered in gnats. You're like, man, I thought for <laughs> sure that you would dig the hell out of that. <laughs> Cause I even thought about like repashing bug burger, like the, the sort of the gel you make to feed doobies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like getting some of that and seeing if they'd eat it. I don't know. It's just, I'm all about, like I do feed them a commercial diet. I feed them FRM. Um, but like mixing that with the other stuff. I do a lot of seeds, yeah. a lot of different like bird seeds and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just get like a couple different types of the wild bird mix. And then I get, uh, long cut oats like you would feed to a horse mm -hmm. i do a 50 50 mix of that and they have a little food bowl in each of their bins and i put a, like i fill that to the top every other day and then they get uh, the missouri protein like mm -hmm. the rodent protein pa or pellets on top and then uh just whatever like vegetable cut it, clippings and stuff like that out of the garden that we're not using we have like a little jar on our counter and i just mm -hmm. once every three days or so i'll go in take a couple of those and toss them in there I've noticed yeah. with ASFs, they don't really fuck with fruit or anything. They don't dig mm -hmm. fruit very much. Uh, and a lot of times I'll go out there and my kids will throw in like a piece of banana that I didn't see or something. And the piece of banana is like sitting there on top. There's gnats all over it. The whole garage is like they full of gnats banana? and shit. They won't eat it. They won't huh. touch it. Now, maybe dried, but I know wet, they won't touch it. Because I've thought about trying it, but when, anytime I put like vegetables and stuff in there, I try not to let them be in there. Like if I'll put them in there in the morning. And then if I'm at my parents' house, like, all day that day, before I leave, I'll go and chuck it just so it doesn't get all gross and that doesn't, you know, mold and cause the, the bedding and stuff to get nasty. I've had a lot of luck with, But like, I have been tempted like, to try bananas. Carrots and, like, your stuff that's got, like, a lower moisture content. Um, just mm -hmm. because, like, if you do forget it and they don't like it, you're not running into, like, a room full of gnats and, like, having to, what the hell? You know that thing. I mean, I'm sure you yeah. guys have... You know what I'm talking about. Then you're fighting it for two weeks because then they've gone into your snake room or my, that's what happened to me. They went into my snake room because the banana had, uh, uh, attracted them like from, cause I keep all my stuff on the other side where I brewmate all my ASFs that colonies in there, which makes it a little tricky in the spring whenever I'm removing animals out of those. Cause they, uh, I got nailed by probably one of my friendliest, uh, red lie male i've had him for since 2015 things like the most docile thing ever in uh last spring i went to pull him out and i guess i was just prodding him a little bit too much and he he waylaid my hand dude pretty good i was like dude i would i never expected you out of all everything in my collection to bite me but he well, did. that video of that lady getting lit up by that retic she had feeders in that room. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And now it's just something that I'm like, okay, we're doing, we're doing different things. We're using a hook and we're doing different things. You know, you learn. Yeah, mine was nowhere near that damn bad. That was nuts. I, because mine are in an outdoor shed, I do like I, there's a little copperhead sitting under my grow out bin one day, one night. <laughs> Sometimes there's rat snakes in there. 
Yeah, but so you said the most important thing earlier, which I don't think Thomas and I can do, is that it's at your parents' house in a shed. Yes. Yeah, I'm not breeding rodents in my condo. Not happening. <laughs> Why not? I can't do that. Yeah. I just do right? I do it in the garage and I put uh, poison pellets out in like the back corner and if yeah. they get out they anything that I see dead on the floor doesn't get fed to a snake. It just goes to the garbage because Well my dad had a problem with rats in that shed because they were his mice originally when he was keeping a bunch of kings and stuff. He got out of it, so I took over his rodents because I was like, I got a lot of snakes, it's expensive to buy in bulk, I'm just gonna do it myself. And yep. uh, he put out some some poison blocks and the rats are long gone. Yeah, that's it. I, I went a long time, like, because we have in this area, like, a like a legit rat problem. Uh, not in my house, but, like, in on the easement, my back easement and stuff. Like, at nighttime, you can go out there with a flashlight and see them. It's, it's a trip. Um, and they're big. They're big-ass rats, too. Uh, and I'm in the... Some like, Texas rats, boy. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're well-fed. Everything's bigger uh, in Texas. That's right. Uh but we, I went and I was doing like live traps, all kinds of shit. And, uh, and we were getting quite a few of them, but, uh, it just wasn't doing any damage, like to be honest on the numbers. And I, we started putting poison out and, uh, obviously like outward dogs can't get to it and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. And it, it works. It's worked wonders, man. You get that stuff that, uh, is like, uh, it's like fish smelling kind of mm-hmm. got a fish smell to it, especially if you do it inside like a building. Uh, get the pellets. It's got they're like fish smelling, and then it's got a uh, it's got some something that makes them seek water, so they leave your house and don't die in your walls and shit. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Hmm. At one point, we were trying to find like because my dad also had chickens at one point, so we had yellow rats, like big yellow rats, monsters, um, in the chicken pound at the time. And so we were at one point trying, hoping that a big one would show up again that we could catch and just leave in the barn since it can't get to any of the mice because they're covered with a you know finer like chicken wire yeah um, just find one of those big yellow rats and just set him loose in there and let him handle it over time but he never never came across another one so yeah interesting i feel like that's a super duper tease if you let a yellow rat loose in that barn because that's all- exactly what i was saying <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. My dad found a small one sitting on top of one of the mice racks, just kind of like looking at it, like this is bullshit. It's <laughs> good. And yes, Cox, I am terrified of croc monsters. Dude, they're nuts, man. Yep. I never, I didn't I mean, realize I until you saw you that video, be. like how much tail they are compared to body. Like, seeing tail. that one, I was like, Jesus. It's the longest lizard, right? I think so. Yeah. Are they? Like, like 12 foot. You know what eats croc monitors? 12 foot. What? Apidora. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. I would love to see that. That would Me be too. like Clash of the Titans. That's what I've heard. I, I don't know that for sure, but I've heard that. So. Yeah. I think Apidora pretty much eat anything. Yeah. No, they're, they're hardcore generalists. Yeah. Hardcore. The babies tend, like, when they come in young, they tend to uh, kind of gravitate towards birds, though. They can be a little bit tricky when they're younger. seems like as they hit a, like, they mature, they kind of go through this, like, phase where they only want birds or poultry or, like, snakes. And then uh, and then they kind of, like, oh, well, that looks good, too. At least that's been my experience, anyway. They, they kind of switch it up. You just kind of got to offer them what, every once in a while, they'll throw a rat in there, see what happens, you know? Yep. 
So, Thomas, what's new with your critters? Well, everything's going well. I, I'm growing out the uh, the banded waters I got from uh, Chris. Dude, I'm, I'm actually pro- jealous of those, man. Yeah, Nerodia, something else, man. I love I love those snakes. They might be my favorite right now. Um, the barons are right there too. What species of banded water is are they? Florida. They're light Jessup, I believe. Okay. Okay. Dude, I wish I knew you liked that man because I catch them things all the time. I was gonna say Phil probably sees them in his freaking toilet. No, it, it was it was funny. Because <laughs> last weekend I went down to Francis Marion uh, National Forest near uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Spent mm-hmm. two hundred miles road cruising the the back country, looking for cottons and banned waters. Then not see, see a single snake, <laughs> not one snake. Oh, figure. Yes, I know. Yeah, man, you gotta for both of those species, you gotta do levees that are run by water management, unlike the okay. estuaries and stuff. <laughs> so, like the best, the best Nerodia and the best cottonmouth, hands down, are the ones I find on the levees that are run on the WMAs or yeah. the water management areas where you can actually drive. Yeah. And uh, even still, like I mean, I don't do it anymore because my mountain bikes messed up. But we used to take mountain bikes out and just road cruise with a mountain bike and yes. oh man those those estuary and those like flat water swamp water bog water levees man that's it's because it's the high ground you know yes that's where you gotta hit for sure i'm, I'm not really as big of a field herper as i want to be but I'm, I'm trying to get get into it more than i i have been i think Take I, i've become a very good road cruiser but my off trail so to speak what happens is i get too meticulous and i either i either overlook spots where snakes might be or i'm flipping stuff that a snake isn't going to be i'm spending way too much time on one little area and i've got all this area to cover you know what i mean so the issue for me is uh, i i love to hit the go bushwhack and go up mountains and stuff trying to find timbers and it's just it's rough country, so you can't cover fifteen miles of it easily. You gotta, yeah, you just gotta pace yourself, right? So, yeah, and it gets yeah. quick by you. It does. Yeah, real, real quick. And uh, you a ton of leaf litter too. So yes, leaf litter. Oof. Yep. I hunt down in South Central Arkansas, and uh, I've got a deer lease out there. And it's like it's it's pretty much North Louisiana essentially. Yeah. Um, and uh, you go down these sloughs, man, and there's there's freaking water moccasins, and you'll just they'll be sitting there, and you won't see them until they pop, and you see that white mouth. You're like, oh shit, I almost stepped on that. Yep. And they're like black, like as jet black as black can get, man. They're 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 beautiful. And I always just like poke them and get off the go on, get out of here, or some other hunter comes by and shoots you. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing with, with those that type of outdoorsman. Uh, not not everyone likes snakes like we do, and and I just see so many just shot or purposely run over animals, and it's it's really sad. Yeah. It's part of the culture in some places, man. Like it where is. my lease is, the people talk about it like, and it, there ain't there ain't no amount of like what you say that's gonna change their mind about it. It exactly. is what it is, and they kill snakes. And you just kind of got to do your best to be like, okay, you see one, you get yeah. it off the road. You you know, I mean, you're that's not just, changing the culture. Yeah. You're just not. That's just something that I hope will kind of die out as the older folks um, stop 
going out and but i don't know it's it's kind of a lot of people my age are, are like that too so that's what i'm yeah. saying i know guys that are my age that are out there hunting and they have the same exact mentality as their granddad that's on that exactly. lease and, you know yep. it's, it's a it's something that's taught and if it's if it's like a big thing in your family then it's going to be a big thing to you well how no matter how old you are yeah yeah yep. i mean for me I'm, I'm kind of elitist as far as i don't consider you a true outdoorsman like hunter fisher that's that sort of thing unless you 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 like at least don't kill the animals that you see out there that you're not going to eat if you eat yeah. something, that's yeah. different. But I don't even mind like somebody hunting something during like yes. a season and using the skin, like the hide. I really don't have a problem with that either because it's regulated. There's a reason there's a season and all that. I have no problem with that. Exactly. I mean, um, but yeah, just to go out there and shoot something just to kill it and then leave it and yeah, it's stupid. And or take a picture of it and post it to your f- fucking Facebook. It's like, look at this snake I killed, ye and it's just <laughs> yee yee. <laughs> they and all their buddies pipe up. <laughs> you like snakes, right? You like snakes, right? Oh yeah, look at this eight foot Eastern Diamondback I chopped. Yeah, yeah. Right? They've got. Oh, they're they're supposed to have some big ass timbers. Snake. They're supposed yes. to have some big ass timbers down on my lease, and people talk about them all the time. I've been on the lease for five years, and I go out there like actively looking for them, and I've never fucking seen one. And I'll not. come into the deer lease, yeah. like, oh, I just killed one five minutes ago on the road. I'm like, God damn, dude. Put some tin out. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. should. I may do that. I have a uh, one of my reps for my work. Um, he has uh, he his home butts up to a WMA up in North Florida, and uh, the dude hunts literally every single day because he has quota permit for the WMA. So he walks from his yard like 400 yards into the WMA where he's got his tree stand all set up and everything. And uh, he had sent me a picture. He's like, "Hey man, you like snakes, right? Is this a rattlesnake?" And he sent me a picture of a dusky. And I was like, yeah, man, that's this and that. He goes, oh, dude, they're everywhere. You got to come up. You got to do a little shooting, do a little snaking, blah, blah, blah. So he was one of those guys that just shot on sight. And now, honestly, like, not, I don't want to toot my own horn, but because I told him, like, look, man, they're really cool. They do. They have a purpose in, in the world. Just leave them away. Like, like, poke it with the butt of your shotgun and he's going to haul ass. And now yeah. he sends me the craziest videos of him. Like, he never he doesn't shoot snakes anymore. But like, awesome. he sent me a picture. He sent me a video of him turkey hunting, and a dusky slithers over his foot, oh, fi- shit. finds a female that was like one or two feet away from him in like in like the the uh, pine needles. <laughs> they lock up, they copulate, and then I guess he like moves his shotgun to like slide them away from him. And the male freaks and is like, oh, my God. But he's still in the female. So he started dragging the Dragon. <laughs> and he, he, Come he, on, we're leaving. He, he's sitting there in, like, the turkey blind, like, fully camoed out. And he's like, my morning was ruined, but I had to send you this. <laughs> That's funny. Like, it's awesome, you know? I'm excited. I'm actually headed out to the lease this weekend. Got to go put some stands up and stuff. I love getting out in the woods, man. I'm not like yeah. we're it's this weekend's opening uh, muzzle loading, so I'm gonna try to. Yeah. See if My I dad's can, a big uh, muzzle loader guy. Really, it's yeah. fun, man. You want to guarantee yourself some meat? Go during muzzle loading season because yeah. these inlines that they've got now, they're good for. I mean, you can get a good solid shot, 150 yards, you know, scoped. But it well, depends I like like it, where you're at. But I like it because you get like one shot. Yeah, that's it. Like, you get you one better shot. be good at it. But yeah. the deer aren't all on like high alert. They're not being pressured yet during that season. Yeah. So like, if you want meat, that's when you go. 
So I am a traditional muzzle loader, and I can confidently say, thank God that I've never actually gotten a venue for a shot because traditional muzzle loading is so goddamn hard. <laughs> is it like flintlock stuff? Is that what you're talking about? I do, I do cap and ball, yeah, but okay. it's a, it's it's I'm right. it's a, a it's a rifled barrel with a smooth round ball. Okay. So is, um, so is it time for like the Battle of Gettysburg? I mean, that's, that's I mean technologically, you're kind of in that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, I, I, I love Civil War guns, and yeah. that's like I had a good ten years of my life where I was the youngest guy at the Black Powder Range, guy of you know sixty, and uh, and dude, I just I, it's awesome. But there's one, there's one WMA that's close by me. It's probably about forty minutes, and that's the only muzzle loader that's not a quota. And what is so funny? <laughs> that is true. That is very true. That is true. <laughs> so, um, so there's only one WMA that's not quota because the quota muzzle loaders are impossible, man. They're super hard to get because guys want first, you know, first crack at it. And uh, I went there about five years ago, the night before opening day, and I pull into the park. There's two entrances, north and south, and I pull into the park. And Fish and Wildlife is there, and the two Fish and Wildlife cops that hop out, they have like a road blocked off with their truck. They hop out, and I swear the kid couldn't have been more than 20 years old. And the officer, the young officer, comes up the window, shines a light in my face, and goes, what are you doing? Oh, you're not in high school. What are you doing here? I said, well, and you say, how do you know? I said, it's uh, uh, the day before muzzleloader opening day, so I'm going to go set up a camp. And it's like 9 o'clock at night. He goes, all right, well, just be careful because we got a lot of high school kids doing bonfires out here. So I drove in, and <laughs> in this particular WMA, it's a, it's a circuit. It's a, it's a circular circuit. And there's designated campsites, letters like A through P, okay, or A through M, whatever. So every single campsite, between all of them, I counted 76 tents. And like twenty-seven camper trailers. Good God! So at that point, that tells me that there's more humans than animals, and I'm out. So I literally yep. turned around and I went home, and I've yeah, never they pushed all them deer out of those woods, bringing all that shit in there. Exactly. And 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 half of them are kids doing bonfires and drinking underage and whatever, smoking weed, smoking, smoking the devil's <laughs> So after that, I was like, you know what? Unless I can get a quota, I'm not going to muzzle load hunt anymore. I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I, I pay for a lease. It's not super expensive or anything like that, but I have to drive five hours to get there. But I kind of dig it because it's a change of scenery. Like I get out there yeah. and the topography is completely different than where I live. So it's like, it's a really like a nice way to reset. You know, you get out there, yeah. breathe some of that fresh air. Look Hell at the yeah. Stars. yeah. I dig it, man. I'm excited to go this weekend. Yeah. Uh, rifle season starts, I think, started yesterday. Of course, where, my you, tag, where are you my, at? My tags never came in. I'm in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. My mom lives in uh, uh, Randleman, North Carolina, just south of Greenville. Oh, yeah. Just south of Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah. 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 My late mentor, uh, he lived in Greenville. I actually helped him move from South Florida to Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, it was gorgeous up there, man. It's good high country. I like it. Yeah, well, higher, higher than most what I'm used to. First, yeah. time, first time I went out there, we went like on a hike and dude, the amount of like 
just crazy fungus, like crazy mushrooms, just different, all kinds of different mushrooms, red ones and these like orange ones and go, like just nuts, dude. I, I was like, man, everything out here looks like if you ate that, it would kill you. <laughs> it looks like that, you would die. So it was yeah. just interesting. I'd never seen anything like that. Well, it's like, uh, did you guys watch the show on Netflix, Norseman? I've seen previews. I haven't watched it. It's fantastic. It's super duper dry humor. Like you're not going to burst out laughing, but it is hilarious. And obviously it takes place in like 900 AD or whatever. And uh, there's one scene where they have a bunch of slaves and they're like, okay. And uh, slave number one, you eat the yellow mushroom. Did he die? Well, no, he didn't die, but his face is turning purple and he's foaming at the mouth. All right. We'll check that one off the list. And slave number two, you eat the purple mushroom. It's like, it's like that's literally how they figured that shit out back then. <laughs> yeah, that's insane, dude. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, it makes sense. How else would you figure? I guess you could give it to animals, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, but then they can't communicate to you what the hell is happening. So yep. yeah, true. Now, prior to Justin freezing, did anyone else think it was funny make their own commentary in their mind of what his fiance is yelling him about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I did cross my. It crossed yeah. my mind. I was like, oh, he's kind of <laughs> like, like he's in trouble a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he muted his mic for a reason. He I've did. been married for 11 years. I know what uh, trouble looks like. <laughs> so Ryan Cox says uh, uh, that he's used to rifle season being in November, and he's in Tennessee. He's in Kentucky. Excuse me. And um, it is interesting how like the country's seasons are all just slightly off yeah yeah mine's no uh for down here in like in texas mine's uh the first weekend in november and then where i hunt out in arkansas it's the second weekend in november so really for modern gun i could hunt like here and then go hunt there and i'm still i can extend my season i have to buy an out-of-state license which is like 350 bucks but at least you can still take big game with an out-of-state license arkansas is one of those cool states that allow an out-of-stater to do it i mean they make you pay for it but there's some states you it's just not an option as or or say very competitive quota system that yeah i mean unless you have a lot of money and uh, a lot of patience (laughs) yeah yeah you know what i mean are you hunting whitetail out there or muleys? Yeah, it's or? wide. It's whitetail. There ain't any okay. muleys. There, I know that northern Arkansas, uh, actually, there's a zone that's got an elk season because they've reestablished okay. the population of elk out there, which is a trip, man. That's it's awesome cool. because it's native range, but yeah. it's it's crazy. It's awesome I that look, they've got them up established enough to be like hunted, which means yeah. they're well established. Ryan Cox, what's that, Thomas? So I look forward to the day that all these big uh, megafauna, the bison, moose, elk, are all reestablished in their, in their historic native ranges. Because mm-hmm. it's crazy that there used to be bison herds in Charleston, South Carolina. Like that stuff kind of is it's crazy. Trip, man. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, elk went, I think, I, I'm pretty sure that, that elk were native uh, as far as Virginia at one point. Yep. There were elk in Virginia. Yeah. So. And now you, when you hear elk, you think Western states. Only exactly. Western states, exactly. You know? Yeah. You guys listen to uh, Meat Eater at all? I, I do. love Meat Eater. I, I love that. my jam, yeah. dude. I right. love Meat Eater. So uh, I've actually I've met, I've met Steve a couple times out in Vegas. Oh, really? Conventions, yeah. I mean, he don't know That's who that is. That's awesome. Man. I shook his hand for Christ's sake. That, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
I always remember that one time that he had the uh, caribou biologist on talking about how this is maybe two years ago, talking about how the lower 48 has a population of caribou. And I guess at the time there was only like 11 left on now. I think, I think that's what he said a couple episodes ago that that population doesn't even exist anymore. It's gone. It's done. Yeah, it's gone. They're all in Canada. That's the South as South as they get is Canada. That sucks. Yeah, because it was like it was a particular yeah. species of alpine where they only ate tree lichen. Yeah. Damn, what a shame. And he, he they, I guess they said that they were tracking them, and uh, something about like roadkill was the major cause. It was like highway truckers just running them over. My yeah. dad's a truck driver, and he's told me horror stories about antelope, like because they just are. Ever, they're, I don't know if you guys have driven out west, but they're they're fucking everywhere in some places. Like you, they're they're just like fields of them. Really. And. Uh, and it, uh, he's hit, he's straight up hit them. And they're so small that, like, it doesn't do anything to a big rig, you know? It's just like, bump, bump, bump. Yeah. Nothing. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Horn's a dream hunt for me. Definitely. I want to get that on there. My buddy and I, my, a couple of my uh, high school buddies and I are talking about getting a, a fishing trip up in Alaska, get, get that together and kind of do a guided, like, whole deal i've i I lived in alaska when i was young when my dad was stationed up there i have some memories of it but i was like six when we left and i'd like to get back up there and check it out you know absolutely i went on a a cruise with my parents when i was in high school and obviously i was in high school i was too young to really do any outdoorsy stuff i mean we we did some scenic nonsense you know touristy shit but uh but yeah man i'm definitely i'm dying to go back to alaska and i I really just want to hit big sky country man yeah, I yeah. Dakota. I want to do Montana. You know, Wyoming. I lived in Utah and Idaho for a good grip of my uh, uh, like early teens, and uh, we used to do like elk drives down the mountain, oh, and yeah. like the hunters would be stationed down at the bottom of the mountain, and you'd be like running down the sides of these mountains, billy goating and stuff. Wow! And like pushing them down the mountain to the dudes on the other side of the tree line that had muzzle loaders. That was a trip. Was crazy to do. I didn't ever hunt, but I was part of the drive. Yep. That's crazy. And yes, Mike, I have washed my hand since shaking Steve's. <laughs> it was actually, it, it sucks because like you see, you see him walking through the casino or walking through the hotel at the convention and like you want to go and like strike up a conversation or like tell him how awesome he is. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I want to be that guy. What's up? Good evening, gentlemen. What is up, Andy? Oh, not much. Just got back from uh, my buddy James's place. Yeah, it didn't mean to interrupt you guys. Ooh, no, you're good. You're good. What no is that? Word. Is that a, is that a that? Wings employee hat? What is that? No, this is a 17th hole, road hole at San wow. Old Course. Very cool. Yeah. It's a golf thing. Awesome. Andy, what are you smoking? Uh, I don't know if I should show it on camera or not. No, no, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) We can practice the whole thing. It's it's not crack. This is true. This is true. Ryan Ryan Cox says, ooh, who let the hipster in the room? I uh, I woke up late for work. I couldn't shower, so I just threw a hat on before I went to work. And uh, yeah, that's my story about that. 
It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for him. <laughs> well, here's to uh, Andy not getting his hair done. Yeah. His hair did. Appreciate that. Digging the stash, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I'm just like that, uh, that Wario thing going on. Well, yeah, dude. What happened is I misplaced my, uh, you know, shaving utensils and just uh, haven't gone out. And as you can see, none of us care. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I, I think I, I, I misplaced mine about eight years ago. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Wait, wait, Austin has a beard. I thought that was just shadow. No, let me show you. I was, was joking. I was, I was joking. Come on now. There it is. Look at that man. That's a good beard. Is he got a Jeez, I'm the only one without a beard here. It's easy to fix. Yeah. It's true. Give up. You on simply your don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, but see, Andy's got a respectable job where he has to look attractively green. You know. Yeah, I might just do like a weird. Uh, Go to a weird stage for like a couple so, of years or so. <laughs> so I first met Andy at Southeast Carpet this past February, right? This is true. A week later, he FaceTimes and he's in a full suit, all prim and proper, in the city, in the going on the subway or whatever. And I'm like, it was phenomenal. It was it was adorable. Yeah. Oh, Justin's frozen again. Yeah. Man, just can't get a break. Finish. That's all. That's all. Oh, there it is. Time to get another bottle. Right. <laughs> Andy, what are you drinking? What's up? What are you drinking? Uh, I got nothing right now. I literally just walked in the door and I saw this link posted in the Snakes and Stogies group, and I got super excited. So I just, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I uh, still getting situated. Yeah. Are you home or, <coughs> or are you at the collection? No, I'm home right now. Okay. Yeah, there earlier. Uh, just for a little bit, stopped in, and I had to go to my buddy uh, James Opal's place. I don't cool. know if anybody here watches what James's collection consists of, but uh, yeah, I had to give him a hand with the big snake messed up its mouth. It's uh, yeah, nice uh, Bolin's python. Uh, so yeah, I'm the guy that has to wrestle it and keep it under control. <laughs> so, and, uh, Andy, you have not met Austin, Austin, Andy, Andy. Austin. Nice I don't think you. I've met either. Yeah, nice to meet you. Guys. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, I've been like watching and listening to you guys on here for a long time, so I feel like I know you guys a little bit. But yeah, I miss you, Andy. Legit. Miss you too, man. Yeah, I'll, uh, hopefully I'll see you guys early next year, eh? Yeah. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should crash Justin's wedding this weekend. See what we can do. Once you back, <laughs> it's trying real hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, Justin, you all right? What? You good? Yeah, no, it's just entry link seven as usual. <clears throat> little cigar update here. This thing's kind of coming apart on me. This last little nub. <laughs> 
the um that uh the Burger Ghost is doing well as long as I keep it lit. It's actually yes. I, I would probably buy another one as a control, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I always try to smoke at least two or three of the same blend just to kind of actually get a good idea of what it yeah. what it is. Now, are you meticulous in making sure it's not from the same box? No, I'm not that particular. Okay. Neither am I, but I, I do the same thing. Um, Austin, what have you smoked so far on your new tobacco journey? Oh, it's been kind of... I've got pictures because my memory fucking sucks. Um, well, what stands uh, out in your mind? How about that? What's that? What stands out in your mind? Um, man, I, I smoked a lot of pipe tobacco for a while. And uh, I had a acid Cuba Maduro that I really enjoyed, like, a lot. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, let's see. Uh, how was it? And I don't – if I move my phone, I'm going to go out of it. I've got pictures of them, man. My memory sucks. Next time I'm on, I'll give you – I'm going to have a list together. I kind of just jumped on, so. Yeah, man. We're no at least – what we got to start doing is you know, we post a lot of snakes in the Facebook group, but uh, we got to start posting some reviews of some sticks too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been posting – I've got a couple of them that I smoked that I posted on there. I just can't remember what the hell they were. <laughs> Yeah, I started keeping a little cigar notebook that I put all my labels in, and okay. put a, little, a couple notes in, and that really helped. And it's okay. it's nice to also look back four, three, four years ago and kind of see what I was smoking at that point. Sure, you got to get a. Uh, for those of you who don't have it, there's a free app called Cigar Scanner, and it actually has uh, like over thirteen thousand bands that you can you know in the registry. And let's mm -hmm. get a cigar that you don't know the band or it's an off brand or it's a, a house blend or whatever. You can take a picture of the stick. And as long as it's the stick it picture is in their you know, parameters, uh, it, it'll search the database for you and help you find what it is. And if it doesn't have it in the database, they have like a team of dudes who are like a cigar aficionado who can help you figure out what you're smoking. Um, yep. but it's awesome because it has a journal concept. So you have three lists. You basically have your journal of whatever you want. You have like a, uh, a story mode on your Facebook feed, and then you also have a there. So I, I think it's extremely helpful because if I own the cigar or or if I own the cigar, I put it in my journal. If I've reviewed it, that reminds me that I obviously smoked it, and then I have my wish list, which is all the stuff I intend to buy. Because I'll go into a shop and I'm like, man, I don't remember what I don't remember what I wanted to try or what I wanted to buy. And I'll consult yeah. the wish list, and I'm in business. Um, yeah. The app's a little slow and laggy, and it crashes a lot, but it's a brilliant app. So like, when it works, it's phenomenal. And I would say it works probably 70% of the time. Yeah. 70% of the time? All the time. All the time. <laughs> so, Andy, uh, Mike wants to know if you got your folks cute. What's that? Mike Cubbins wants to know if you got your focus cute. No. No, I uh, I got some answers to a question I put out there, but uh, yeah, I'm thinking about getting some for uh, some diamond pythons, and I know a buddy of mine's getting some specs, or he's getting like a custom build for some smaller keys for like neonate chondros and what have you. Um, so I'd like to like get his specs and whatnot because he, uh, you know, got a couple modifications done. Um, so I might do that, but I want to get my diamond pythons and some bigger caging. Uh, I'm about to drop them down for the winter and uh, 
once they come back up and, you know, they get start getting fed in the spring. Uh, I just think they're going to be putting on more size. They're almost three years old now. So, and they're in the yeah. two by two by 18s. Um, so, and I want to get a basking bulb on them. So, uh, yeah, but I'll get that done after the winter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, all I got to say about focused cubes. I usually see a big jump in Morelia like size. Like I, as far as bread layer concerned, at that two three year, they just like that that year of two to from two to three, they explode in size, and that's what yeah, I, that's what I, So that's yeah. interesting, especially in females. Yeah, it's in the blow yeah. up. Yeah. Who's got the train? I think that's Austin. What do I have? The train. The train. I don't think it's me. Oh yeah, that's a train. That's me, man. Sorry about that. <laughs> I like it. My bad. All good. I Andy, live, yeah, no worries. There's a train track that runs through my town. So. Andy, how's my classes? They're doing wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, they're doing awesome. Uh, I've been increasing their feed, dude, and they're getting they're getting big quick. Good. Uh, the male's probably five foot now. Uh, I think the bigger he's getting, the more confident he's getting, which is, you know, pretty cool to watch. Uh, but uh, I know once he's, uh, you know, a little bit bigger in a couple of years, you know, seeing his confidence isn't going to be the funnest thing to look at in the world. But, but uh, Does he test yeah, you at all? Been awesome. What's that? Does he test you at all or no? No, not really. Uh, what he's starting to do, you know, I – put the hook in, tap him on the head. What he's starting to do is bite the hook and uh, not in like a food response way. It's, you know, in a defensive bite, but uh, yeah, it's a quick reaction when he shoots out the hide a little bit. Um, and once I get him out, uh, you know, he's good until you go and put him in the trash can. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know, he just shoots up. Does he ride the rim at all or no? A little bit, but uh, he can get – he just uh, – he tends to wrap around the lid or under the, uh, you know, the perimeter. And inner lid. Yeah, exactly. They get under the rim and then it's a pain in the ass. Then you got to grab them by the end of the tail and then their head's probably swinging around once you, you know, tickle them a little bit down there and just not good. Uh, but, you know, I, I've got the technique down now, I think, of getting them in fairly easily. So, Cool, man. Glad to hear it. But, uh, yeah, they're doing awesome. I'm enjoying them. They're uh, up four, a little. Uh, the female is coming up on two years. The male is probably three and a half, three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. But, uh, I'm finishing up the male's cage, and that thing's going to be awesome. Uh, my buddy James is working on it, and – I don't know if anybody's seen pictures of his conjo cages and collection. Uh, I could probably put it on the screen or something, but uh, he's a master carpenter and he builds phenomenal stuff. So he's building my male Malukin's cage, which is a six foot long, four foot high, two feet deep. And uh, it's gonna, it's gonna have the work. So uh, I'm, I'm super excited to get him in there. Awesome. Awesome, man. Dude, all kinds of shelves and shit, and oh, it's going to be cool. Yeah. I'm envisioning yeah. my own mind right now. Yeah, yeah. Cody's got me thinking about doing, like, the uh, 
you know, doing the, uh, the, like the proper backgrounds and all that. I was just yeah. going to like a vinyl wrap, you know, mm-hmm. outside grade vinyl, yeah. um, uh, which James has used for cages for 20 years and they're still rocking and doing great. Um, but, uh, yeah, but then uh, James has tons of wood and whatnot in his shop, so the perching options and whatnot are endless. And I'm gonna do an insulated hide, and uh, that's heated. And it's yeah, because I'm probably gonna put them up in my uh, the room that I have the diamonds in, so they're gonna need supplemental at night. You know, I'm dropping them. So on one of the shelves, I have a big heat panel underneath. I don't know if any does anybody know who. Uh, the Conjure Dream is well. It was Dream's heat, heat panel. Um, it's a little cool side note, um, and that's what I'm going to use under the shelf. That'll be above its hide, um, so it can heat it uh, during the evening. Once I'm dropping the diamonds down to you know 55 and what have you, and um, the scrubs respond well to or the male uh, responds well to like wide temperature swings. Uh, so I think they're going to do great in it. So, and they're, they're from the video footage that I've seen. Uh, they tend to be more on the coast and whatnot, at least in Saram uh, and whatnot. There's male scene uh, combating on rock faces and you can see the beach in the background. So I thought that was pretty interesting and in how they're using their island. But uh, so it's been a lot on the, the coast there for the most part. Yeah, I'm trying to find it right now. There's a company that I want to say it's like pet backdrops or something. I'm trying to find it, but they basically make a adhesive vinyl background, much like you would buy at the pet shop to put on the back of your fish tank. Mm-hmm. But it's is it it's it's adhesive and it, it they're form cut to the exact uh, size dimensions that you need, and they even have specific ones for neodesha and vision cages. Um, so if you have like a a, a two eleven vision, you can buy your picture or download or upload your picture that's your photo of your background, however you want to do it, at your landscape that you took on your vacation in the Cosmo or whatever, and used it as a decal and it's UV resistant. Um, so it's basically the inside of the cage has the sticker and then it's a nice picture of whatever you want. Um, try to find it though. And I seem like I can, I know petbackdrop.com has a lot of cool stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And like they have, yeah, I think it's petbackdrop.com. Yeah, it's kick ass. All kinds of stuff. I wish Justin's computer looked that up. He's back. Justin, if I uh, if I screen share something, are you think you're up to doing it, or do you want to not do it because we're crashing so much? I think. I mean, you can try it. Oh, there it is. I thought he's frozen. <laughs> let me see. You know what? Let me try and find it first, and then we'll see. Because I don't think this is the right one. All right, so let me do this real quick. 
All right, jungle or desert, guys? Pick it. Jungle. Jungle. Oh, this is not what I expected. All right. They changed their website. I don't I, maybe I don't even know if this is the right people, but essentially what you're doing is something like this. Justin. Justin. No. 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 Nothing. Oh, there we go. There we go. So, yeah, so basically uh, you can upload, and again, I'm not quite sure if this is the exact website, but you can upload your own picture or you can choose theirs, and then this is a custom vinyl decal that goes in the inside of the enclosure, whether it be a pigeon cage or neodesh or PVC or whatever, and it's UV resistant. So if you are using UVB, it's not going to fade with time or whatever. And then at the same time, if you see poops on the wall, it's normal. You can just wipe it off. So I thought that was really cool. I was really thinking about doing that with a bunch of my pigeon cages. Yeah, I like that. That's a really cool concept. So even if you didn't do like the big naturalistic foodie thing like Cody and Pia do, you can still get uh, an aesthetically pleasing backdrop. You can even take, you know, if you have someone in the Malukas who can take you a picture of, you know, the the, the island, you could make that, that backdrop. Yeah, that would be badass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get it together soon, so uh, I don't know. I think uh, the black background on a gold snake will be pretty kick-ass. Um, yeah, man, that golden so, yellow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But uh, that's an awesome idea. I think it would be cooler on like a smaller scale kind of thing, but uh, uh, yeah, that's awesome. It would probably be very expensive for a six-by-four-foot background, but yeah, that's awesome. I don't think so. I think it was relatively it was relatively good when I looked at it because I had a I acquired three of the three foot display visions from a friend. So that's a, a thirty inch tall, three foot wide, and twenty four inch deep. Excuse me. And uh, they're like the they're a three foot vision, but they're taller and and showier, you know, for arboreal stuff or whatever. Yep. And I was going to do one for uh, juvenile Eastern Diamondbacks that I had, and I got a bunch of palmettos fronds and, like, did it up. And both animals wanted to fly on me because they were just not good. But I'm glad I didn't do it because then I would have been stuck with this saw palmetto background, you know. But I was looking at it. I think it was, like, 30 bucks for three feet, something like that. Oh, that's not bad at all. That's not too bad at all. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, it been a lot worse. Yeah, it was my picture that I took is when I sent them to, like, get the uh, appraisal or whatever. And uh, it yeah. was my picture of, like, you know, Port St. Lucie, Florida in the Saw Palmettos. So. I'm sure you could have gotten something cool for it regardless if you got the background. Yeah, yeah. Put a yellow rat snake or something in there. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's my problem now is that I've actually – I've got 
of the three of them, I've only got one being utilized. It has the uh, the adult Cynodon, uh, uh, the dog tooth cat snake, um, and the other two are empty. And I think the middle one, because there's three, I think the middle one, I think I'm going to have uh, Kyle Barger send me a, a picture of Franklin Mountain. I have a Leopard's Clobber Eye from Franklin Mountain, and I think I might get all the white stones and the rocks and plant some live succulents in there and really do it up for that snake. Be cool. Yeah, and I mean Carl's Carl's photography is absolutely awesome. Both his animals and his landscape stuff. That is one of the things I love about the guy is that he will literally show you the exact foothill of where his produced offspring are from. Super cool. That is really cool. cool. The longer I keep stuff, like the more I want to do. Like I think here in the next year or so we're gonna be moving probably and I wanna get like a pole barn and I wanna do some like legit walk in planted in like sick cages for some of my bigger stuff, man. And uh it's just like one of those things that now I can start like putting energy towards that as far as like ideas and stuff instead of like putting energy towards acquiring more animals, you know. So yeah. I, uh, that part of it's really like got my attention right now that's kind of the way i'm moving to is that once i get a house and some, some property i want to start keeping stuff i can outside yeah not sure that's gonna look like yet but we'll see casey cannon asks has austin had a chance to talk apodori yet mr cannon you are slightly late to the I know that seems like all I, I do whenever I talk about stuff as far as snakes are concerned, but it's the shit that interests me. Sorry, guys. I'm just trying to catch up on the on the comments here because Justin keeps fading in and out. Yeah, well, this is my. I don't know if you guys can see him. Probably not. I'll have to turn his light on. I got a. My male's out cruising right now. My big male. Nice. Justin, we got to get you like a Wi-Fi router booster or whatever. My neighbor just got one of those and she says it works like crazy. You hear that, Justin? Can you guys hear me at all? Yeah. Heard that. That's a pretty snake. Because y'all are like in and out a lot. That's my my big boy. How big is he? Uh, he's he's twelve plus somewhere around there. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, he's pretty chill. They're pretty defensive in their enclosures, but once you get them out, it it clicks off. And if you let them like come out on their own, it's they're pretty chill too. Nice. You usually hook them out or? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You, you got a, they're, uh, they're powerful, man. It's, I've never held anything as strong as they are. They're, they're legit. Something you got to respect when you're messing with it for sure. And you don't, you don't necessarily hook them. You drag them out by the hook and then put them um, in. Yeah. Yeah. They're too heavy to like legit, like lift up. I tap them on the head, kind of give them a little like, Hey, what's up? I'm here. Yeah. And uh, kind of just like 
pull their latter half of their body towards me if I can. And once I get them in my hand, they completely just like it goes off and they're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I did the same thing. I had a friend who had a, a lot of retics, like a lot of retics. And that was the thing was if you used like a shepherd's crook and drug them to you and just pick them up, everything was cool. But if yep. you tried to like quote unquote tail, even if it was even if it was lean enough to actually tail, doing that whole like lifting their body off the ground tail like thing, oh no, no point no. No point. Yeah. You pull it towards you until you like you just kinda gotta like read the situation. There's even times where you're like, Okay, well you don't wanna come out of your enclosure and I'm gonna respect that and you're just gonna stay in there, you know. So uh, is what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> I've got a wild caught female and she's about his size and she is like, he's very docile. Uh, she can be a little twitchy. She's definitely not as uh, easy going as he is, but I've also got another wild caught female. That's very, it's probably like two, three years old. She's probably pushing four foot, very thin. I mean, they're pretty thin for a long time. They don't fill out for a long time, but, uh, uh, she's totally calm. I think really it's just, she's, she was pulled out of the wild pretty late in life. So she's, Twitchy. Yeah, it, it sucks when you when you have a, a chase specimen from the wild where it's big enough that you really don't know how old it is, but it's not too big that you felt that, that you feel bad that it was plucked from the wild. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. One of those. You know, one of one of my uh, uh, a guy I used to work with a long time ago, uh, very much into the herpetological studies, so to speak, and he did some like side work as a professor here and there and he did a whole study on on copperheads and basically they kept them outside i think i want to say north carolina and basically they did consistent food throughout the non-hibernation times and then the other animal got it randomly and they're the same exact animals they were both born in captivity on the same birthday they're literally uh, litter mates and one did so much more and became so much bigger because of the food and because of the timing of the food. And it just it sucks that when you get that that wild caught specimen that's that medium juvenile-ish, you know, yearling or so, you have no idea it could be five years old, it could be one year old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a, it definitely is what makes it difficult, and that's also why I'm waiting another year I, I had originally planned at the beginning of this year to introduce the, my older pair and I'm just, my gut saying just chill wait another year and so i'm going with my gut cool justin how are you he's doing this tv wonder head bob Justin, you were. The audio is like super choppy for me, so I can't make out anything you've said in the last like 10 minutes. But I'm sitting oh, here listening to some Google McIntyre pretending I'm engaged. <laughs> <laughs> it's the night oh, that the lights went out in Georgia, boy. Is Andy froze or is he just intently watching? Oh no, he's alive. He's alive. No, I'm chilling. <laughs> you all sound like a bunch of robots. I feel like I'm about to fight off Skynet. Why don't you go on your phone, Justin? 
Because my phone's about to die. Okay. That's fair enough. Mine's yeah. at 7%. Well, Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean I'll keep talking. I don't care. But I don't give a shit either. Me neither. My wife's inside watching reality TV, so I'm, I'm good. Uh, Mike, I do have a couple snakes together and a couple more gone together. He's got all the cool chondros. I uh, makes my group look like a piss in the pool. No, not at all. I got a biak and a, I don't know what the male is. So. Biak, fucking undocumented male. She just shut out today, so throwing him in tomorrow. I'm gonna spray the fuck out of her shed and uh, hopefully release some pheromones out there. And <laughs> gets to work. Um, then uh, might pair up uh, FG1704, which is. Uh, Hades. Hades is at a, a 05188 and 05086. Um, and Bimini, which is at a Sky, which is Mr. Blue Carolina and Fiji, Mr. Blue Forest. Uh, and then the female is Pygar Chila, which is GM 0706. She, um, Pygar's sire was the, is a clutch mate or the same sire, I gotta confirm, to uh, Joan Collins, Tim Morris, Blue Female, and Aqua Girl. Um, Pygar, Joan Collins, clutch also produced crazy snakes. Um, and then Sheila was a Greg Maxwell animal um, from old uh, Dallas and Fort Worth zoo stock, but uh, also. Uh, Carl Swiatek, wild blue female, represented in that blood. So, yeah, that's all I got going this year. Well, that, that's it. Nothing crazy. Nobody. I am excited about that blue line parent. Um, <laughs> the fall uh, goes to plan. That should be awesome. She's a eleven hundred gram female, so she's huge. And, I just got her yesterday. Um, so, yeah, she's still got a settle in, and I don't know if she'll go this year. Um, but uh, always got next year and the year after that, whatever it takes. So, But she's 13 and uh, never been bred, so, yeah. <laughs> Mike says, no big deal. Just the biggest bloodlines of history. <laughs> Andy may be the most. Hopefully, uh, guy I know. What's up? I said Andy may be the most modest and humble guy that I know. Well, I just got some snakes, man. I mean, that's all. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, I collect vintage Ferraris, but I just like cars. You know? No big deal. Yeah, Andy's the man. Andy's the man. Andy's my hero. 
I legit miss that kid. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Next next time you're at James's place, pocket one of them condors and send it to me. I was at James's place today. Um, probably I know. Maybe. You had every opportunity. <laughs> yeah, James has got a bunch of stuff planned this year. It should be awesome. So should be very cool. I think we lost Justin there. Yeah, I think so. Frozen again? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's frozen. It's funny because back in the day, back in the day, four or five months ago, Justin would do that exact face that we see right now, but he wouldn't be frozen. He would be doing that. I remember that. <clears throat> and now he's actually frozen, and it's a shame. I got to imagine what he's doing right now, getting pissed the fuck off. Right. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta convince him to let me do like the command controls. That way, like if he does freak out, we can at least still throw pictures up on the screen and stuff. Cause yeah, we can't screen share do that. So, mm -hmm. but Mike wants to know if Andy has any aquariums. I got a bearded dragon in an aquarium. They float. <laughs> oh, it does have water in it. Yeah, <clears throat> does have water. Yeah. Alan no, says he's just. Anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love to put a freshwater tank in my snake room. I think that would be awesome. Uh, boost the humidity and all that. Um, Any species? No, no, I know nothing about fish. I just think it would be cool. Uh, Dude, I want to do. A I think. So bad. Seeing like Cody and Pia have like the Mothriacus and Paludariums and stuff, I wanted yeah. to so bad. But I just remember all those years I did fish and I'm just done. Like I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's too much work. But I, I don't know. I they say it's pretty low maintenance and they got a good setup, so I don't know. But it's awesome. I wish I could do the same. It's beautiful. It's it's awesome. It's low maintenance because they have interns. Let's be real. You got to spend big money on setup, right? I don't, know, I don't know anything about aquarium stuffs. I feel you like know, the better stuff you get, the less maintenance it is. Yeah, yeah, that's my kind of thought. Well, I feel like if I have so many species and I had like one nice wall unit, I could get away with it. But like, I'm not going to want to come home from work and do that. Like, it's just no. Like yeah. water changes, siphons, and <laughs> that's why we keep. I'll leave that for Ryan. <clears throat> a lot easier. Yeah. So, what else is on the agenda, boys? Got anything exciting coming out? I'm just slowing everything down, man. I don't have anything. This is like my time of year where my, my focus gets off of snakes and into the woods. Yeah. All my stuff is still growing out, so nothing's going to be breeding in, in at least two, three years. Yeah, but uh, you, you, you were doing some herping. Do you have any like herp trips coming up? You know, some, No, some I was going to go herping today, uh, try road cruise, a pygmy, but um, school work and work work, so never got around to it. But uh, I'd love to go down to Francis Marion again. I love that place. It's uh, the boondocks of South Carolina. And I, I, I 
my favorite place in the world. Um, I want to go out up in the mountains and find some timbers. So timber rattlesnakes is probably my favorite snake in the world. I love those animals. So nothing planned right now. But Definitely I'm a bucket list species for me to see in the wild for sure. 100%. Yeah. I think I showed Phil. I'll put it in snakes and stogies, or I might already have uh, the uh, on a Jeep trip. I found a monster, pristine example of a timber rattlesnake, and that thing was awesome. Nice. Yeah, man, I've had countless timbers and cane breaks over the years in captivity, and I've never seen one. It actually, yeah. you know, if. If COVID was still crazy, which obviously it's dying down, um, if COVID was still crazy and I couldn't go to Justin's wedding, um, I was going to just try and find all the venomous snakes in Florida because I've only found uh, cotton mouse and dusky pygmies. I haven't found any of the other venomous in Florida. Really? So, yeah. Wow. So, That's surprising. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, copperheads is, is, is a hike. You know, that's probably a good seven hours from me, maybe eight hours. Um, it's a small area right where, like, the panhandle starts to take off. Um, and then canebrakes are pretty much accounted for far as the north. And, uh, and coral snakes, dude, I live in coral snakes, but I've never found one. <laughs> There's and, quite a few around this area, and I've never fucking found one. It's another bucket list species for me. And, and yours are, you got right? I'm Texas, so they would be, I, guess, I don't know. I, honestly, I've got a book. I can tell you. I have to go look at my book. Okay. I think it's still full vibes, full vibes, full vibes, full vibes. And Andy, you're, you're officially too cold to go herping right now, right? Uh, I'm going to try next week. Where at? My buddy's, my buddy James's buddy's got a property in New York, um, and he finds timbers, black rats, um, a uh, whole bunch of stuff, lots of copperheads. So um, I probably saw a copperhead last week uh, when he was like 65 out. Uh, wow. So in New York. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to uh, – he has tons of logs and whatnot on his property, so I'm actually going up there to go grab a bunch of stuff throwing cages and tubs, you know, whatever I can find, but he's got awesome stuff. Um, so yeah, going to go get some wood off his property and, uh, look for some, look for some stuff, see what we can find. But apparently he said there's stuff still out. Uh, so that's awesome. Man. I, didn't, I didn't know the copperheads even went that far North. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Copperheads. Uh, I found timbers last year, maybe two years ago now in New York. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Dude, I would read the thing that when the whoever it was that landed in the New World with the Columbus or Plymouth Rock people or whatever, they, they I don't know what I think it was actually not to sound like a moron. I'm pretty sure it was Jamestown settlement. When they first landed at Jamestown, there were timbers on the beach. Oh, and they all over the beach, like they used it as if it was road cruising. You know what I mean, so to speak. And uh, and that was a big thing is like all the fishermen that would go to the beach to the Atlantic to, you know, do offshore fishing, they would have to like scoot off canebrake rattlesnakes everywhere. And that was the first time I think anyone had ever seen an actual rattlesnake. Or yeah. The first time you know, the Western red man had found a rattlesnake. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Do you imagine that? 
No, it's crazy. I mean, I can imagine it, but that that would be awesome. That would be really cool to see. I don't think they thought it was awesome. Oh, I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> I'm sure. Kind of for good reason. They didn't. They didn't have any way to treat that shit. So uh, yeah, that'd be a bad day. Yeah. Crazy man. Crazy. So, uh, Kate Cannon just comments that when he was over KJ down in Florida, they almost had the Florida Venomous Slam. Uh, they missed, I guess, almost found all Florida Venomous in one night. So that that leads me to believe that they found everything except for the Copperhead. Because the Copperhead, from what I gather, is the hardest to find. Yeah. I grew up in, uh, like, Kansas City, outside of Kansas City and stuff. And uh, that's the like everybody down here is worried about uh, like this culture is like water moccasins and and uh, shit like that. But up there, it was all copperheads. I remember just like I remember one time we uh, me and my brother found one and we picked it up. Nothing happened. It didn't bite. But uh, I'm like slapped it out of my hand. It was, it was a trip, man. <laughs> that's nuts. That's nuts. It's very crazy. They were everywhere. I mean, I remember my grandma's place was covered in copperheads. They're all over the place. That's interesting, man, because you're in like an integrated zone too. For I think three different species, right? I think. Uh, I think down here in Texas, we've got. There's a lot of where I'm at in Texas. There's a lot of overlap. Um, but up there, I'm not quite sure. I haven't been up there since I was a young, younger kid, so I don't know too much about the area. I just remember copperheads. I think it's funny you bring that up. I'm pretty sure, again, somebody tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the last time the human fatality from a copperhead was a young boy like in the Mason-Dixon line in that area and who had found one in, like, December before school. And obviously it was all hibernation and it was all groggy, and he picked it up and played with it and put it in a shoebox. And he brought it into his homeroom class to scare a girl. And I guess in homeroom, he picked it up and like waved it in her face and she slapped it out of his hand and it woke up and bit him in the neck. And when oh. the showed up, he died. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that was the last actual fatality from a copperhead. But you know, kids will be kids, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I think, I'm sure y'all have seen them too, but I've seen countless videos of, of idiots just picking up it's like oh it's a snake i'm gonna pick it up and play with it and it ends up being a timber or a pygmy or a cotton um oh well henry sent me that video what two a day or two ago of a guy in india and he's holding a baby ruffles right there like i saw baby. that i saw that oh my and it nabs him on the finger yeah and, and here's the thing is like all of us as snake people we would have seen that coming. i feel like we would have seen that coming. Like, if yeah. that was a rat snake, if that was a juvenile rat snake, all of us would have been like, whoa, hey, what are you doing, you know? But, dude, that Russell's fight, will wax him on the finger, and he throws him on the ground, and, like, you don't know the end of the story. You don't know if he died. You don't know if he lost his hand. You don't know if it was a dry-by, like, because you can see that the snake isn't biting defensively. It almost, yeah. like, shark-tested him. Like, can I yes. use finger? Like, is this finger edible, you know? I noticed that, too. Yeah. It's a horrible video, but still, oh. And saw scales, on, and I think Echis are the two, like, uh, saw scales are the, contribute to the most human fatalities. I think it's like 60,000 a year in India and Pakistan and Iran. Yeah, I believe it. I'm pretty sure that that's right. We got to. Because there's, there's no medical infrastructure there. I mean, it's. Yeah. yeah. Oh. 
So Justin's out. His internet's officially trashed. And I'm assuming we lost uh, Austin because he said his phone was dying. Yeah. We're at the two-hour three minutes, boys. You guys ready to call it a night? Yep. So what was your final thoughts on the ghost? Oh, so I've got the last third left. And I'm convinced that it was a a good smoke. It, yes. it was a good, dark, rich, bold smoke that wasn't overbearing. However, it would not stay lit to save my life. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not going to recommend it. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, go out and buy one. But I'll, but I'll smoke another one. I'll, I'll give it that second try. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Well. For those of you who are uh, in the comments or, or wondering, uh, message me on Facebook and I'll send it on Facebook because it's a Facebook video of the Russell's Viper and uh, you guys can see what we're talking about. But, uh, but yeah, dude, Andy, thanks for chiming in, man. Yeah, nice meeting you, Andy. Yeah, nice to meet you, Thomas. Uh, yeah, yeah, for having me and posting the link up. Had a good time for the short time I was here. Yeah, we uh, Justin and I decided to do this one tonight um, because we didn't know if we'd have time to do uh, another Snakes and Stogies at the wedding or before the wedding this weekend. So uh, we figured we'd do this one. We'll probably have a week off. And then uh, I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after, but they have the 100th episode of the Herpeter Culture Podcast. So for those of you who are fans of the Herpeter Culture Podcast, uh, you know, that'll be coming up soon, the 100th episode. So thanks. For that or something? Yeah, something's got to happen, right? <laughs> so what's going on? Like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm only the, uh, the substitute host, so we'll find out and we'll keep everyone posted. Right. So, thanks for everyone for watching. I think honestly, because Justin left, I think we all have to exit for it to turn off. But uh, for those of you who are staying, good night. Good night. You have a good one. Good night.